take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 and 25. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24, 25. Our yearly theme is a passion for Jesus Christ and in being passionate about Jesus Christ and living for Christ we should be passionate about living a victorious Christian life. So I'd like to talk about the uh, principle of living victorious once again that general theme Note here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 and 25, it reads, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate, in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Let's bow for prayer. O God in heaven, we pray that you would teach us from your word this morning. Lord, we ask that you'd help us to live with passion, uh, that victorious Christian life that you have given to us in Christ Jesus. In his precious name we do pray, amen. An individual that understands that they are victors in Christ, a believer that understands that they are victorious in Jesus Christ, will be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. A person that understands their position as a victor in Jesus Christ will not only be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, but they will run the race, that race that God has set apart for them. To what end? In order to receive an incorruptible crown or crowns. This morning I'd like to address the issue of crowns. Crowns. Crowns to be won or lost. Do we see within this passage of scripture that we have just read that the Apostle Paul is referring to something familiar to the people of Corinth. Note the word, now they do it, verse 25, to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. The Apostle Paul moves from the known to the unknown. He moves from the understood, they, they, but we, 
So he's referring to something that is familiar to his audience, those that are reading this epistle, the people of Corinth, specifically believers within the church at Corinth. So he moves from the known to the unknown. He moves from the understood, from that which is understood, to giving understanding of spiritual truth. He's talking about a running race. A running race. We can see that in verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. He's referring to a running race. Now not far from Corinth, there were certain games held known as the Izmir Games, just up the road, nine or so kilometres away. And in the other direction, in a place called Nimia, which is about 35 kilometres away, there's another set of games. And I stressed the other week that within the Greek Empire, sport was a big deal. Athletic games was a big deal. And, uh, and there were many games held throughout the, without, throughout the uh, Greek Empire, but there were four main games that you wanted to be a part of and you wanted to participate in and you certainly wanted to win. And one of those games is the games there at a place called Izmir, just up the road from Corinth. Those pillars that you see in the little graphic there are part of the temple to Apollo there in Corinth. They are an unbelievable place to visit and see uh, the ruins of the ancient city of Corinth. So the Apostle Paul makes reference to something that is very familiar. The Corinthian people understood these games and they definitely knew of these games that were just up the road that took place every second year. Every second year. The Isbian Games were uh, known as the most uh, splendid and best attended games next to the Olympic Games that were held in Olympia in north of Greece. So to participate in these games was a real honour and privilege. More so to win a crown at these games was prestigious. Large numbers would gather from all over the empire to witness and to participate in these games. But note the Apostle Paul's wording there in verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So he's talking about a running race. He's he's moving from the known to the unknown. He's taking that which the people were familiar with and he's trying to teach the people within that church at Corinth a spiritual truth. So he talks about a running race and he stresses the fact that Many run, many 
compete. <laughs> but there is only one winner. Only one winner. Within these Grecian games, you didn't have second and third place. That's a modern invention. It was only first place. That was it. No complimentary second and third. Either you won or you didn't win. And the one that did win, that came first, it was an honour to do so because you were the one that would give honour to that God that was worshipped within those games. The Ismian uh, games were were in honour of the god Poseidon, the god of the seas. So if you won that, if you won a crown during those games, you were the one to honour that god. Not anybody else were just competing, you were the one, so people wanted to win. So these Grecian games were beyond... uh, a demonstration of physical ability and strength, they were predominantly a religious festival. They were religious. They were in honour of their God. See, this is why the Bible teaches us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, that we are to run the race that God has set for us we do not compete one against another we run alongside one another and as the apostle paul said here in verse 24 know ye not that they which run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize only one is the winner to receive the prize and honor their god so run that ye may obtain. So he's he's moving off the known to the unknown. He's drawing a spiritual application here. This is a a picture, uh, a little graphic here of what remains of this uh, place called Izmir as far as the games are concerned. And over here you've got the stadium. And there you've got the temple. The temple was always in sight of the stadium because you ran, you competed with the God in view because that's who you wanted to honour by receiving the prize. And may God help us to be mindful that we run our race as Bible-believing Christians with our God in view, do we not? We are not after self-glory. We are wanting to bring glory to our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Note there in verse number 25, he talks about a corruptible crown or a perishable crown, that which will just fade and die. But he draws a contrast to an incorruptible crown, a crown that is enduring, enduring. The winner of 
an event would receive a crown. Now, the crown would be a complete circle conveying the principle of eternity. That was a standard Grecian crown. No gaps. As some of the pictures uh, you've probably seen. The standard was complete, conveying the idea of eternity. And the Apostle Paul said, these athletes run to receive a crown that is perishable. But we run our race to receive a crown that is not perishable, that's eternal, that has eternal benefits. The word crown comes from the word Stephanos. We get the name Stephen. Good name, Stephen. Stephen, crown. So I'm sure Stephen would not be upset at you if you said, uh, good morning, crown, how are you today? That would be an honour, wouldn't it, Stephen? So Stephen reminds us that you and I have the opportunity to earn an incorruptible Stephanos, a crown. Here is a, uh, an example, a close-up example of the head of a running athlete. Now, this one uh, was found in the Aegean Sea. This particular fella that was found, sculpture, brass sculpture, dates back 200 years before Christ. He's pretty old. But there illustrated for us is a crown, a perishable crown. Now, here are some examples of some perishable crowns as opposed to an enduring crown. Now, the Apostle Paul said, they do it, they run the race to receive the prize in order to receive a corruptible crown, a perishable crown. And this is two examples. Each game or games had a crown, a type of crown identified to that game. For example, if you won first place at the Isbian Games, you would receive a pine wreath crown as illustrated here. But if you competed at the Games at Olympia, you'd receive a laurel wreath crown. So the type of crown you earn identifies you to the Games that you participated in and you won. And the Apostle Paul said, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, that which is perishable. And practically, by the time the athlete won their event, got crowned, it's already wilted. <laughs> um, but we as Bible-believing Christians, our interest is not corruptible, perishable, wiltering crowns. Our interest should be to run our race for Jesus Christ, that we might receive an incorruptible crown, a crown that doesn't wilter, 
that has eternal value. A golden crown, so to speak. Now this is a very interesting place here that uh, we had the privilege of visiting in northern Greece, a place called Vagina in northern Greece. And this little uh, hill that you see here in the corner, within that hill are tombs. It is a man-made hill to camouflage, to secure a tomb, or tombs, plural. And this one is a very significant tomb. Within this tomb are the, are the remains and the treasures of a king by the name of King Philip II of Macedon. He was uh, assassinated in approximately 336 BC. And he is buried in this tomb. And as you can see over here, they began excavating this hill back in 1977. And how clever are they? They managed to go under within the hill and today it is a beautiful museum and that entrance there is the entrance into the museum instead of ripping it all apart from the top you can go in on ground level and it's all there there are four tombs there one of those tombs is the tomb as i've said of king philip ii of macedon a king that was assassinated the chief um, uh, uh, the one they believe that assassinated him was his son by the name of Alexander. Now, there's lots of Alexanders, but have you heard of Alexander the Great? This is the tomb of Alexander the Great's father. And, um, and within the Grecian culture, like many cultures, they believe in the afterlife and they believed in preparing for the afterlife. So they would um, stock up well for the afterlife. And this king was no exception. For within his tomb... He had a crown created, 24-carat gold crown. And it was discovered in this pure gold box right there. They opened it up and there was the crown. And this was King Philip II's crown, golden crown, so-called incorruptible crown that he would wear throughout eternity. It was there buried with him amongst lots of other goodies and things that you need to live with. So here is an example of a golden crown from the tomb of King Philip II of Macedonia 
See, the Greeks believed strongly in the afterlife and they prepared themselves for it by burying goods and treasures. And as I've already mentioned, crowns were normally one complete circle symbolizing eternity. There is no end. So next to King Philip was buried this crown, which would be his crown to wear for all of eternity. He thought he was preparing for beyond the grave. But sadly, not in accordance to God's word. For the Bible teaches us in Mark 8:36, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I would assure you, at this very moment, King Philip is not wearing this crown. But that's what they believed. You prepare for the afterlife. And yet the Apostle Paul knew this would be in the mindset of the average individual within the Greek Empire, and he said, they run to obtain a corruptible crown. But we an incorruptible crown. On a human level, people prepared for the afterlife. This king was so wealthy, wealthy that he had this 24-carat gold crown made, secured in a pure gold box in order to wear in the afterlife. My friend, the Christian life is likened to a race. We don't compete against one another like a normal race. We all have a specific race that God has set for each one of us to run, has he not? I don't compete against you, you don't compete against me. We are called to run our race. My race is different to your race. And it's, not as, and it's not like I am running against you for first prize so that I could be that one that gives God the glory. No, you can run the race that God has for you and you can win a crown and honor your God as much as I can. Because we all have a race to run. In these Greek games, only one person won. Only one person was crowned. And therefore, only one person honoured their God. But if we faithfully run the race that God has set for us, we are all winners and all will be crowned and all of us can have the privilege of bringing honour to our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Note there in 2 Timothy chapter 4, please. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Note what the Apostle Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Verse 8, henceforth there is laid up for me a what? Crown, a Stephanos, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, 
shall give me that day, not to me only. Note, not to me only. And all of God's people said, Amen. The Apostle Paul said, it's not just for me. I'm looking forward to that crown, but not for me only. But let's read it together. But unto all them also that love his appearing. Do you see that? That's encouraging, isn't it? All of us can run the race that God has set before us and you can bring honour to God as much as I can bring honour to God. All winners. All crowned. The logical question is, why, Pastor? How is it that we can all come first? We can all be crowned as Bible-believing Christians. Simply because of the fact that as Christians we... As I've said already, we don't run against one another. We run alongside one another. And our specific God-given race differs from God's, the God-given race for somebody else. And because we are victors in Jesus Christ, God has given to us the victory which is in Jesus Christ, we need to run our specific race. In other words, we need to do what God has called us to do. And if you will do what God has called you to do, you will be crowned. This is as much as I will be crowned. You're not competing against me. Please don't have the urge at all. Pastor, you're so lucky. Being a pastor, being lucky? No. You've got potential to get all of these crowns because you're a pastor. No. 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 Yes, I can receive crowns, but you can receive as many or more crowns if you will run the race that God has given for you to run. Amen. Look closely at this little graphic here. There are different crowns to be won within the Grecian games, within the Greek Empire. Different games were held at different locations. Here is an example of eight different kinds of crowns. Eight. There are eight here. If your eyes are as good as mine, you better work out that they differ. Each crown differs. Athletes were revered. This is a tombstone of an unnamed athlete that was discovered. This unnamed athlete won games in at least eight different venues. 
And when they buried him, they placed on his tombstone eight different games that he had won a crown in, at least one crown in. Now, if your eyes are really good, inside the crown is the place. For those of you that read Greek, this one is Olympia. He won a crown at Olympia. And as far as the archaeologists can tell, this one reads Pergamos. Pergamos, Revelation chapter 2 and 3 talks about the place called Pergamos. This man won a crown in Olympia, Pergamos. Two of eight different locations where he won crowns. Let me give you another example. Are you still with me this morning? Here's another example of an, an individual that the archaeologists could read the inscription. His name was Cornelius. This is Cornelius. Very common Greek name. Cornelius came from Corinth. Corinth. As you can see, Cornelius won lots of crowns. This bloke was talented. But what did he win his, his crowns for? Can you see that? That's a flute. In the old Grecian games, music was a part of the games. This Cornelius from Corinth was a master musician, a master musician that won many crowns playing his ancient wind instrument, his flute. He won crowns in every major game held for his skillful playing of the flute. And here we have 12 crowns that this man won. He was certainly a high achiever. But at the end of the day, only corruptible crowns, perishable crowns. Each of those 12 crowns wilted away in no time. So just like we have seen, it was possible to win more than one crown. You and I, as Bible-believing Christians, can earn more than one crown. In fact, the Bible talks about at least four major incorruptible spiritual crowns that you and I can win as Bible-believing Christians. And as the Apostle Paul said there in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. 
See, we don't run against one another, child of God. We run alongside one another. You have a race to run. I have a race to run. We are victors in Christ. And if we will run our race with patience, we can at the end of the day receive a crown and give glory to God. Beyond one crown, many crowns. And there are at least four main crowns mentioned in the scriptures that you and I can win. If you go back to 2 Timothy chapter 4, please. Quickly, 2 Timothy. Timothy, chapter 4. It talks about, the Apostle Paul made reference to, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. You and I have the potential to win crowns and honour our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Now, this particular crown, known as the crown of righteousness, will be awarded to all them also that love His appearing. Do you realise there is a crown? What I will call the second coming crown. For those that for those that have a real interest in Bible prophecy and look with eagerness for the Lord's return. They can't wait for the Lord to come back and they're constantly praying, Lord, even so come, Lord Jesus. Their attitude is not, oh Lord, please, just take your time. No, their attitude is, Lord, come. Come, we need you to come. I'm happy for you to come. I'm looking for you to come. Crown of righteousness. For those that have a real interest in Bible prophecy and look with eagerness for the return of Christ, this crown is referred to as the crown of righteousness. And this was the attitude of the great apostle Paul. And this crown is for all them, no plural, all them, including himself, that love his appearing, that look with anticipation for the return of Christ. The second coming crown. There's also another crown that's mentioned in the scriptures that's there in Philippians chapter 4, please. Go to Philippians, please. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, it talks about, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown. The Apostle Paul was referring to believers. The Apostle Paul was responsible in winning some of these first believers to Jesus Christ. He made reference to them being his crown. And the same principle is found in 1 Thessalonians 2.19. This is what we call the soul winner's crown. For those that endeavour to win people to Jesus Christ regularly, they will receive the soul winner's crown. He said, you are my crown. 
And the same terminology is there in 1 Thessalonians 2.19. Now the Bible doesn't give a number needed to earn this crown. Thank God for that. It doesn't say you've got to win at least a thousand souls to Christ. Because the fact of the matter is, most of us will enter eternity without ever leading one soul to Christ. And that's a shame. That's a crying shame. This crown is for those that do their part in being a witness for Jesus Christ. Those that regularly witness and share their faith. Those that sow in tears will reap in joy. And beloved, this soul winner's crown is for those that make it a matter of mission to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. The issue is not how many. The issue is that you're striving to win people to Christ. The soul winner's crown. The second coming crown, I've mentioned. Go to Revelation chapter 2. Are you still with me? Revelation chapter 2. Here's another crown available for all. Revelation 2.10 it reads, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. Ye shall have tribulation ten days, but, thou, but be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Another crown, a crown of life. What is this? This is the sufferer's crown. Those that are willing to suffer for God's sake, even for those that are willing to die for their faith, they will receive a sufferer's crown, the crown of life. William Tyndale, who was burned on the stake for producing God's Word, the New Testament, he has received the crown of life because he willingly, he was willingly, uh, he willingly gave himself. He was willing to die for Christ. He was willing to suffer for Christ. Are you willing to suffer for Christ? If you really are, then you'll live godly in Christ Jesus. Countless Christians down through church history have severely suffered as Christians. They'll receive this crown of life. Then there is the spiritual leadership crown, what I call the spiritual leadership crown. Note then 1 Peter, please, chapter 5. This is called the crown of glory. Note there, verse 4, When the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. This is a crown for those that have spiritually shepherded others under their care. They've done so faithfully. They've been that example. They've, they've cared for people. They've had pure motives. They've fed their flock, so to speak. This is a spiritual leadership crown. And it's called the crown of glory. 
crown of righteousness, crown of life. So the Bible gives us some insight and it it fits with the culture of that day that a person could earn a number of crowns. Every location had a crown that was the crown. If you won uh, an event, for example, in the games in Athens, you got an olive leaf wreath. Makes sense, doesn't it? So there is a soul winner's crown. There is a second coming crown. There is a sufferer's crown. There is a spiritual leadership crown. You and I as God's people can earn a number of crowns. Question, question goes begging, what will we do with the crowns we earn? Good question. Go to Revelation chapter 19. What's the big deal? Well, pastor, you might say, I'm not, I'm not ambitious. I'm just happy being a Christian. I'm just happy getting, getting to heaven <laughs> or going to heaven. Why should we run our race in order to earn crowns? Well, here's the answer. Revelation 19, verses 11 and 12, it reads, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, in reference to Jesus Christ, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. This is in reference to the second coming of Christ at the end of the tribulation period. Note verse 12, please. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were, let's say it together, many crowns. Many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. On his head were many crowns. Where are those crowns from? Let me tell you where those crowns are from. They come from Bible-believing Christians that have run their race and have the honour of honouring their God by placing their crown at his feet. And the Lord Jesus will take each of those crowns and put put them upon his head and when we return with Christ on white horses, he will come with many crowns. Many crowns. How many of your crowns will the Lord Jesus return with? See, Jesus Christ is worthy to receive our crowns. Why? Why? He was willing to wear a crown of thorns. He was willing to wear a crown of thorns. He is worthy to receive our crowns because he wore a crown of thorns for us. Thorns speak of the curse, the curse of sin. Jesus Christ was willing to be cursed to die for your sin, for my sin, that we might be reconciled back to God. And as Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 teaches us, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. As it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. See, Jesus Christ is worthy to receive 
your crowns, my crowns, incorruptible crowns, because he wore the crown of thorns. Those Roman soldiers knew exactly what they were doing when they plaited a crown, a crown out of thorns and jammed that on his head. They knew exactly what they were doing. They understood what crowns meant and they plaited and jammed on the head of the Son of God a crown of thorns. Let me ask you this morning, what crown will you earn? Or how many crowns will you earn at the judgment seat of Christ? To place at the feet of Jesus Christ, the one that loves you and died for you. How vain it is for man to run to receive a corruptible crown. And there are athletes training today. They're training towards the next Olympic Games because they have their eyes set on a gold crown, a medal. They're training today for that event. May God help us as Bible-believing Christians more so to run the race that God has for us. They run, said the Apostle Paul, one receiveth the prize. They run for a corruptible crown. We run for an incorruptible crown, an eternal crown, a gold crown, eternal, that we can place at the feet of Jesus Christ and he will take those crowns and place them upon his own head. And when Jesus Christ comes back, he will come with many crowns. How many of those crowns will be your crowns? My crowns that I've earned for his glory. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. May God help us to run our race with patience. We're not interested in corruptible crowns. I couldn't care less whether I ever win a gold medal at the next Olympic Games. Couldn't care less. It's of no interest to me. But as a Bible-believing Christian, I'm interested to win at least one incorruptible crown. If I could just get one, Lord. And God in his graciousness has spilled out at least four. Is that all there is, Pastor? I'm not sure about that. The just shall live by faith. 
There might be some others, but God's revealed at least four. Could be others. You Bible college students, that'd be a good thesis topic. Are there more crowns to be earned than the ones spelled out in the Word of God? Jeremy, good thesis topic idea for you. Just an idea. But the point is, we do it to honour Jesus Christ. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We run the race with patience. We might be crowned to cast at the feet of Jesus Christ. May God help us to run our race with patience. Let's bow for prayer.